Hi, I'm David Massover. Welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast, where I'll be interviewing senior sales leaders, sales experts, and sales service providers about what else, what it takes to drive B2B sales revenue. So thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast. I'm your host, David Massover. And today we've got a great guest and a great topic. We're talking to Ryan Dowdy, CEO and co-founder at the Social Sellers Academy. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I think it's going to be a great episode. Let's go ahead and start it off with our traditional opening question. Ryan, you've been in sales for a long time. What's the single best piece of sales advice that you've ever received? I used to have like a standard answer for this. And I have changed my opinion over time. It used, I used to tell people, I, I got the advice very early on, the harder you work, the luckier you get. But I, I don't subscribe to like the hustle harder idea. So I would change it to the more people you talk to, the more money you make. I like it. Is that becoming a thing? Because I, I think in the last two weeks, this is this is the third or fourth time I've heard this idea that, you know, it ain't just about the hustle anymore. Have I been out of the loop and this has been a growing movement or, or is this is this your own brand of wisdom? No, I mean, it's definitely a growing movement. And I actually have mixed emotions about said movement, if I'm honest, because this whole, like, it's not about hustle. I'm like, but it requires a little bit of hustle, right? And so I I, I do think... This whole idea of don't hustle is giving a lot of people a lot of excuses to not work that hard. But like, I'm a big fan of like work smarter, not harder. So it's not necessarily to me about like, you don't have to hustle a little bit. Like definition of hustle, you know, is is to move quickly to make something happen. So I'm a believer in that. But this idea of, you know, hard work for hard work's sake, I don't, that's what I don't buy into. Like it does you no good to make, you know, 400 phone calls a day if you're calling the wrong people. Right, so like that's what I mean by like work smarter, not harder. I love it. I remember I, I'm a I'm a big American football fan, and one of my favorite players from a very long time ago was still playing when he was older. And they right. used to ask him; he was on defense. And they used to ask him, "Aren't you worried about all the young guys being so much faster than you?" And he said, "Well, the good news is I've been around for a while, so I start moving in the right direction a little bit earlier than they do. So I, I think maybe there's something to that. And you know, hustle is good, but it can't be just hustle. That's great. That's great, good and refined advice over time. I love that. What's some of the worst sales advice you ever received? Mm, again, I want to say sales is just a numbers game is pretty terrible advice. But again, there's some truth to it with some critical thinking. Right. So this idea of sales is just a numbers game. If you just crank it out, if you just, again, work harder and harder and harder and harder, you'll figure it out. I don't think that that is true. I mean, I do think obviously we have to play the odds in our favor and we have to increase our probability of getting where we want to go. But I think that this whole idea of really focusing on quality over quantity is, is pretty valuable. So I sit somewhere in the middle. But when you said that, that was the first thing that came into my mind is sales is just a numbers game because Again, it breeds that hard work culture. It breeds that idea of any kind of activity, good, bad, or otherwise, is going to allow you to be successful. And I don't agree with that. What I really like about your good advice and your bad advice is that they can both be taken either way. And the point is, you're going to hear out in the world and you've got to think about it and you've got to apply it to your own existence and you've got to make it your own. So 
you know, if, if you kind of look at the aggregate, it's like there's no easy answers. You actually have to show up and be present and do some critical thinking on your own, whether you're getting advice that sounds good, sounds bad, sounds like both or something in between. Amen. Amen. She said it, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. So Ryan, let, let's talk about social selling because I, I know that's something that you are just deeply into. And I, it's something that I find fascinating because social selling is something that, that some people swear by and others just swear at. So I'd really love to dig into that today with you, if that's okay. I'm assuming it is since you're the Social Sellers Academy co-founder. So yeah. that's okay with you, right? I, I guess so. Ah, that's the spirit. So let's just start with the elephant in the room. What exactly is social selling? People have all kinds of ideas about what it is and what it isn't and all kinds of opinions. So, I mean, how do you define this thing that we call social selling? To me, it is social selling is leveraging social media as a sales tool, right? So, you know, you might have an inside salesperson, the phone is their tool. Um, you might have an outside salesperson, right? So pulling doors, networking events, trade shows, all sorts of different ways that we leverage that, right? And then there's social sales, which means social media is our primary connection tool. So to me, it's more about like where you spend your time building relationships is how I identify social selling. When you think about social selling, is the right way to think about it? Is it kind of a mass marketing thing or a personal branding thing or automation and scale thing or all of the above or or something different? What's the right way to think about it? I think it's... I don't believe it's automation and scale. Well, that's a lie. I think there is a certain level of automation that is acceptable. But to me, the, the real secret sauce of social media and social selling is our ability to connect. So we have such great, like social media, we have access to so much information about people that we can create real personal connection. So, you know, we use a LinkedIn tool that automates our connection requests but like we're actually having conversations with people. So I'm not anti-automation. It's just like, we want people to feel like a human. And I, again, I think that's why social selling is such a cool tool because I can find out a lot about a person before I ever connect or engage in any way. And I can create a lot of familiarity before I ever reach out and ask for anything. So it's not so much automate and scale. I mean, I do think that a, a personal brand is important, meaning that like, it makes no sense to deploy a social sales strategy if the profile that person's going to go back to doesn't have any content mm-hmm. or context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have a ghost town, you know, LinkedIn profile and you're social selling, you're probably not going to get a lot of leverage because when somebody's like, why is David talking to me? I can't learn anything about you. You've just like upped the stranger danger factor and I'm out, right? But I also don't think it's it's just about a personal brand for personal brand's sake. I think that's a word that gets thrown around a lot now. Like, oh, we're expected to have a personal brand as sales reps. To me, the way I view my role as a CEO with my team, it's my job to engineer their celebrity, not their job to engineer their celebrity. So, you know, that was, I think, what was, there was the first one. There was another one. You're like, is it personal branding? Uh, Mass marketing. Mass market strategy. And again, I think the answer is no, because that is the magic of social media is that you should never be engaging or interacting with somebody who doesn't fit the profile of your ideal client. There's just Mm -hmm. access to too much information. So it goes back to that, like, what's the worst sales advice you've ever gotten? It's sales is just a numbers game, right? Like not giving any context to, is this the right person? That's the same idea of this mass market. If we just show up on social media and DM enough people and put out enough content, things will happen. 
for me, it's more about, can we be strategic and thoughtful and really create relationships with the right people? So you're talking about things like connections and relationships and doing research. Is social selling really any different than any other kind of selling? Or is it just basically the same thing we all know and love just through a different set of channels? Bingo. Bingo. Okay, there it is. Boom. Okay, done. Check the box. We got that one right on. I think the reason that it's been made to feel different is is people trying to sell you something about social media and how social social selling is revolutionizing. And again, I literally own a company called Social Sellers Academy. So I'm obviously a fan of it. But for me, it's not an either or. It's a both and, right? Like if if your phone strategy is working, don't stop, right? If your email marketing strategy is working, I wouldn't suggest, like to me, it's not, pivot from this to this. It's how can we add this thing to our to our toolkit so we have another way to create familiarity, another way to create relationships, another way to get the attention of our best prospects, not, you know, shut it all down. We're doing it all on social media. Like that would be naive and silly. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, I've been in sales for a long time. I got my first sales job in the 90s and I had no management support. It was all kind of figure it out on your own. And I remember very clearly, I tried looking in the newspaper for who got promotions into relevant positions. I tried cold calling. I tried trade shows. And I remember once going to an exercise where I looked at my best clients and there was no one place they all came from. It's like, oh yeah, this one came from that you know, initiative and this one came from that initiative. So, so it sounds like it's just another tool in the toolbox, but one that you ought to know how to use. I mean, if you're not, I, I do believe if you're not using it, you're leaving money on the table, but... I don't think it's abandoned anything else. So yeah, I mean, it's 100%. I don't think anything has changed. We just have a new connection tool. So there's a lot of people that that swear at social selling, right? Uh, there are many people who, who post on places like LinkedIn about having particularly bad experiences with someone trying to sell something there. What are some of the things that make social selling more effective, less effective, what are some of the best practices and worst practices that you're seeing out there? So it's probably easier to start with like the don'ts and the reason that people swear at social selling, right? And it is the inbox full of messages that are like, Hey, David, my name is Brian. I'm amazing. Let me tell you all the great things that I've done. And here's the link to my calendar, right? Like when you say it's like people that are like, Oh, social selling gross. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking, the old school spray and pray mentality. And they're like, no, we ain't doing that. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. So if you are using social media or even just LinkedIn as this like just outbound, I'm just going to chug through as many outbound messages as I can without any critical thinking, then yeah, you're doing it wrong. However, so what do we recommend instead? It's just taking that more personalized approach. So if I identify that Sarah Smith is a potential client. Like from what I can find out about Sarah, she seems like she'd be a great fit for what we do. So what am I going to do? I'm going to send Sarah a connection request. And I'm not, and this could be any platform. I also think that that's a, that's a missed opportunity too. People think that social selling only happens on LinkedIn. And I think it depends on what you're selling and who you're selling it to, right? Like I definitely think, you know, most of my social selling so far has been through Facebook and Instagram. Like I don't even really play that much on on Facebook on LinkedIn. We are, it's part of our 20, it's a big part of our 2022 strategy because we're shifting our target audience a little bit. But I think it's pick the social platform that you that your ideal client hangs out on. So I, I'll tell you that too. 
But then additionally, it's sending that connection request. It's engaging a little bit. It's creating a little bit of familiarity. And when you finally do send somebody a direct message, it is about them, not you. And you don't ask for anything. Like we always have to earn the right to ask, right? So I'm not going to say, hey, David, let me tell you all these great things about me. Let me ask you for your time, which is your most valuable asset. To me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, David, you know, it looks like we play in the same circles. I see that you do this, this, and this. We work with clients who have this problem. Do you have this problem? Right? Let you say no. Like, let it be, no, I don't have this problem or no, I don't have that experience or whatever the case may be. Everybody, um, this is, I think, sales across the board. We have a tendency to tell people because you fit this criteria, you have this problem. And that's bullshit. Am I allowed to say that on the show? Sorry. Absolutely. Um, that's bullshit, right? Like not everybody who fits a certain criteria has the same problem. And you're going to get a lot farther in the conversation. If you ask for permission, if you say, Hey, is this something you're experiencing? Is this something that you're dealing with? Is this something going on? I actually did recently as somebody come reach out to me. I think it was in like web dev and SEO. And he was just asking, he was like, is getting your, your website ranked on Google a priority right now? And I said, honest answer, no. I'm like, is it a priority probably in the next 12 months? Absolutely. But right now I got bigger fish to fry. And, you know, I just appreciated that he asked me the question because he just told me that you obviously have an SEO problem and forced his thoughts and opinion on me. I would have never even answered the guy. Right. So I say all of that to say, like, I think that's what people don't like about social selling is this pushy, assumptive, you know, just because you meet this criteria or you're my LinkedIn connection that I should sell you this thing. And then the final thing I will say, and I think this is again, across the board. I always tell all of our clients that we do not sell without permission. Like no one should ever be surprised to be in a sales conversation. So I think it's another reason why people don't like social selling because we can hide behind our keyboards on our phones. Mm. We say a lot of things that we would never say to a person in, in person, right? If I met that prospect in person at a networking event or at a trade show, I would never say the shit that people say in the DMs. So I think that that's part of the problem too. And again, I think we come back to this idea that is social selling really all that different? Because whether you're cold calling, whether you're emailing, whether you're social selling, whether you're networking at an event, best practices in in, in the 2020s is let's talk about what's going on with the prospect. Let's not tell them how great we are. So, So again, it sounds like there's a lot of misperceptions around social selling. And maybe the best way just to bring it back to reality is just remember that the people on the other side of that profile are also people. They're also prospects. They have issues. They may not be relevant right now. Ask about them. And in the case of of the example that you just gave, it's good for the salesperson too. It's not a good time for you. Great. I'm not going to waste time with that. So, So being human sounds like it's a pretty important part of this formula. Yeah. I mean, one of our core values at Social Sellers Academy is human to human connection, right? And, you know, instead of trying to convince somebody why they're wrong, like, again, had the web dev guy been like, well, let me tell you why you need to focus on SEO right now. Again, that would have been annoying. Mm-hmm. You asked me a question. My answer was no. I don't need you to tell me why my answer is wrong. You know, this goes back to like your old school, how to win friends and influence people, right? Like we don't do that by telling people that they're wrong. Yep. <laughs> it does not work. You know, so when the guy said, when I say no, it's not a priority, you know, maybe you ask a simple question of, you know, is it okay if I circle back with you in, you know, 90 to 120 days, 180 days and see if your priorities have changed? Like, well, like you would with a real person. Right. But the problem is people ask that question and they never follow up. But that's... Yeah, uh, that, 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 that's a different problem. <laughs> it's a different podcast. Dave. That's a different... Yeah, that's, for, that's next week's episode. 
So uh, a, a lot of salespeople in, in certain sectors, let, let's not bother listing them, but I've heard this from a lot of salespeople, resist the idea of social selling or using social media for sales because they say their prospects are not active on social platforms. Is that a fair way of looking at it? Or is there a misperception baked in there into that kind of thinking? And, and is there a missed opportunity because of that kind of thinking? There's a missed opportunity all day. I think there are very few sectors that you won't find on social media. Like the ones that come to mind, like doctors, mm-hmm. right? Like you're probably not getting in front of doctors on LinkedIn, but that was like the only one that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I really think of that because I, I mean, I, in one of my previous roles, I worked for a marketing agency where we did a lot of work with like plastic surgeons and like elective procedure docs were our ideal clients. And yeah, no, they were not on social media, but I will tell you that elective procedure docs or at least a member of the elective procedure docs team is on Instagram. So, I mean, I do think that there is a missed opportunity. I have yet to be sold on an audience sector that's just not findable on social media. When you introduce social selling ideas and strategies to sales teams, do you get a lot of resistance? Maybe in the form of, of we've always done it some other way and it's working, or, or, or the example I just gave uh, about my prospects aren't on social media. Do you get some resistance to this idea? No, but our primary client are online entrepreneurs. Their whole businesses mm. are built online. So their right. prospects are online. Sounds you like know. good tar- good targeting. Smarter than we look, you know? But we are, like I said, one of our, our directions for 2022 is, is talking to more traditional businesses who maybe aren't leveraging social media as a sales tool as well as they could be and, and helping them see what that missed opportunity is. And I do anticipate some resistance but I think that that resistance, it's, you know, it's the whole video killed the radio star, right? Like it, it just, none of it's going away, but I think it's in the positioning because so many people want to tell you you're doing it wrong. Oh, you're still cold calling. You're doing it wrong, right? Like, dude, if what you're doing is working, that's amazing. Keep doing that. However, you have been blessed in a very specific corner of time that you exist, that you have access of billions of people with a B without ever leaving the office. And should you choose to not take advantage of that, that just doesn't make good business sense to me. And if that's the way you want to do business, then you are not my people anyway. So if there's a company leader or a sales leader that's that's listening to this podcast and they want their team to be more active on social, but they're reluctant, because maybe they've been on the receiving end of, of, of bad social sales efforts. How, how do you turn that around? How do you face that objection? I mean, the first thing is, is the reason you have to teach them how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what, guys, we're going we're gonna to deploy a social, sale, social selling strategy and like send them off to the races, set them up for success. Like, I will tell you that the only time a social sales strategy is, does not make sense to deploy is if, you have no social presence. And I don't know what rock you live under if that's where you're at. But like I said, it does us no good to engage and start conversations and, and any of those things if there is no presence, if there's no content to share, right? Like I highly advise do not turn your salespeople into content marketers, right? Like it is your job as an organization to arm them with the information, the, the tools that they need to create a presence on social media. 
So I, I will tell you that, like, that's the first thing you have to do because some of them, their resistance to social selling is because they don't know that what, I have to write content. Like, what does that even mean? How do I start? What do I put on my LinkedIn profile? Like if that's what they're thinking, then yeah, they're going to have a hell of a time. But if you say, Hey, here is your online persona in a box. And here is your content library that you have access to share as a member of our team. And here are these resources that are available to you. And then by the way, we're actually going to teach you how to do this and do it well. They might be a little bit more open to it. But if you're just like, we're going to start social selling, it's like just another initiative that they have to fit into their already busy to-do list. They're not going to do it. You have to set them up for success. Yep. Yeah. And, and it can't just be one thing. Like you said, if, if you're out doing a messaging strategy, but you've got no content, no profile, nothing there, there's a disconnect. Yep. 100%. Love it. What do I want to ask you here? If there's a company that wants to approach this, it, it really kind of has to be about more than just what the salespeople are doing. It sounds like it really has to be taken on at a strategic level. I need right. to think about content. What, what was the expression that you used about, about celebrity? Help them engineer their celebrity. Help them engineer their celebrity. That's an awesome expression. What what does that process look like? So, you know, again, I work with a lot more personal brand style businesses where there is a face, right? Like right now, I am the face of Social Sellers Academy. We're working on pulling my face out of it. But for now, I have a face. And so a lot of people want to talk to me because I am the face. And so I have to sell you on why you want to talk to a member of my team. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like I have to sell you on why you need to have a conversation with Kelly or Kayla or Valerie. I have to tell you that they're brilliant. I have to tell you what they do. I have to tell you the value they bring to the conversation. I have to tell you their expertise. Right. So that's like in in the more personal brand space, you know, we do a lot of live video, we do a lot of, you know, webinars and things like that. So, but if you don't do that in business, right, if that's not the business strategy, you're just a traditional sales organization where you don't do those things. It's really about giving them the tools and assets that they need to make them look like a superstar, right? Do not make them come up with content or ideas or all of those different things, at least without giving them some parameters and guidance on how to do that. Because it either A, won't get done or B, you run the risk of it being done poorly. Now, social selling, it's a big topic. You've covered a lot, but I'm just wondering if you could put yourself into my shoes what important point should we leave salespeople and sales leaders with about social selling that maybe we didn't cover in today's conversation? So one of the things, the challenges that I see people run into, and this is, is around hiring someone for this role. Like, can I take my existing team and can, I, can they deploy this or should I hire for this role? We get that question on occasion. Like, I have a... I have a a closer on my team who, you know, just kind of a, that just takes calls and closes business. Like, is that that person, is this a different role? And my answer to that question is it depends, but just be mindful of the idea with social selling still being such a new strategy that you're not likely to be able to find somebody who has 15 years of social selling experience, right? A lot of people seem to get tripped up in that when they're like, I can't find anybody who knows what they're doing. And I was like, yeah, that's because we've been doing this for five minutes, right? But I see a lot of frustration with that. People are panicked. Like, I need an experienced social seller. And I'm like, that person doesn't exist. Or, you know, if they do, it's because you're plucking them out of another organization. 
they're harder to find than you would think. So for me, it's really about being open-minded to who is the best fit for that role. And I will tell you, and I hate to do this or say this, but you know, demographically it is important. So trying to force someone who didn't grow up on social media to spend 40 hours a week on social media is a sure way to make them hate their job. So be mindful of that. Like, that's why we think that social selling is a specific role within a company, because if that's not, if you hired, if, if you've hired Joe and Joe is a rockstar salesperson, Joe is incredible at outside sales. Joe produces revenue. Joe is a profitable asset to the company. Don't force Joe to social sell. If Joe is going to quit because you have forced Joe to social sell, go, go hire Sarah and you know, teach who is somebody who's like, yeah, no, totally. I'm down to be on social media all the time. I love being on social media. I love engagement. I'm totally familiar with the platform. And I would, you know, that would be a dream role for me to just get to play on social all day. So that is something I think if you're coming from a place of how do I deploy this? How do I get my existing sales force to do this? The answer might be you don't. That's fantastic advice. It, it makes me think about how a lot of sales departments are organized if they're large organizations. And for example, you've got a group that sells to government. You've got a group that sells to education just because they're different markets. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you're saying is social is a different market. So don't throw somebody in there unless that's a market that they're likely to succeed with. Right. And I think that's that's some of the resistance that you had talked about earlier, right? Was people are resistant because they hate social media. Someone who doesn't spend time on social media personally sure as heck isn't going to want to spend 40 hours a week on social media professionally. And then, you know, we're trying to put a rare, you know, a square peg in a round hole and we can't figure out why they're unhappy and we're unhappy and we've got turnover on our sales team because you're forcing people to do something that's not their skill set. It's totally different if they're just not performing at all. But like I said, if you've got a performing, profitable salesperson who isn't leveraging social media, forcing them to leverage social media might not be the answer. Ryan Dowdy, CEO and co-founder at Social Sellers Academy. This has been a great conversation. There's a lot of talk about social selling. Uh, I think you've really provided a lot of good insights, a lot of good perspectives, a lot of good meat on the bone for everybody to dig into. So I'd like to thank you for that, for sharing your, your insights and your expertise with us. If people want to learn more about you and more about Social Sellers Academy, where's the best place for them to do that? Absolutely. So you can obviously connect with me on social. So I'm Ryan with two ends, Dowdy, LinkedIn, Facebook are great places to connect on Instagram or at Social Sellers Academy. And our website is dailysalesondemandforceos.com. We will put all of that into the episode notes. I, I hope many people reach out to you and more and more people can learn how to do social selling more effectively for fun and profit, right? Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks again, David. You've been listening to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast with your host, me, David Massover. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you and your sales organization accelerate growth, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me at davidmassover.com or find me on LinkedIn. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know about new episodes. And thanks for listening. Now, let's go drive some B2B sales revenue.